Goodness is the topic of many Christian books, cliches, and Bible studies, but what about when life is full of hard things that don't feel good? What happens when good beliefs crash into bad circumstances? Is God always good? Welcome to the Always Good Podcast. I'm Emily Jane, and today I'm chatting with my dear friend Natalie Tate. Natalie and I weren't exactly friends from the very beginning. (laughs) We had a rocky start (laughs) as five-year-old frenemies. I think we were five? I don't know. You were super young. (laughs) Our moms wanted us to be friends, but we had a crush on the same boy. (laughs) So naturally, we had to hate each other. Um, I'm not sure if it was like our strong personalities or just us liking the same boy, but it took us a while. I'm thankful to say that our mom's prayers were answered and somewhere along the line, we ditched the crush and became friends. (laughs) I think around age eight. It was randomly. Yeah. Just all of a sudden one day we were like, hey, let's be friends. Yep. One thing I appreciate most about Natalie is her honesty. She does not sugarcoat anything. She tells it like it is, (laughs) which means her feedback and encouragement holds a lot of weight. She will call me out when I need to hear the truth. And yet, because she has Christ, she does it in love. I think we were 11 when she called me out for gossiping and told me that we both needed to repent and ask God to help us guard our tongues. It was a turning point in my life for how I viewed gossip. I have probably thousands of things I could tell about Natalie, (laughs) but I want to turn it over to her so she can tell a little bit about herself before we get started. So go ahead and tell me about your family, your jobs, where you're at right now in life, the details. Yes, all the details. Um, So I actually just recently moved back to Michigan from Kentucky. Yay! So excited. (laughs) I was living down in Kentucky with my husband, Aaron. We just got married in 2018. Um, Moved back up here in Michigan. I'm actually with my parents again. Um, We're in a transition of buying a house. And um, we've been in that transition for almost three months um, so living with my parents, my youngest brother, and then actually my sister-in-law and one of my other brothers. Um, so that's where kind of I'm living right now. My job full-time right now is training horses and giving riding lessons. I'm also certified in therapeutic riding lessons, so I give some of those lessons as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so today we're talking about God's goodness in waiting. And you have had many prolonged seasons of waiting, which is why you came to mind when I was thinking about this episode I know we don't have time to discuss every single instance where you've had to wait on God, but you've had some major ones. And I'd love to hear your testimony, how you perceived God's goodness leading up to the first time you wrestled with really waiting for him. Yeah. So um, even just my testimony uh, to start, um, I was really little. I don't actually remember the age that I was um, when I was first saved. But I do remember the instance I was in a Sunday school at our church. And it's a church that both Emily and I grew up in. And um, I remember Sandy Dufferin was teaching in the Sunday school and she was just very black and white about sinful hearts and how it affects God and where we would go with that sinful heart, whether we would go to hell or heaven. And um, I just had this realization that I was a sinful girl, realizing that I just was, I had a heart full of sin and that I was just grieving God and that I wasn't perfect and I knew I couldn't go to heaven and be with him with that imperfect heart. And she made it very clear that Jesus was the way. And I went home that night and had a conversation with my parents and just asked, like, how how do I get rid of this ugly heart and how do I live with Jesus? And I was, I don't know, probably six or seven. I was pretty young. But I just, I had that real realization that I had an ugly heart and I knew that God was good and what do I need to do? And they just explained it to me and shared the gospel with me. And that night I, I asked for forgiveness from the Lord and understood that my heart was ugly. And that Jesus was the one that could pay for those sins. 
And I think that was kind of a turning point in my life that I needed somebody to substitute my, my sin um, and make me good again. And that was Jesus. And um, I think from then on out, I think I just learned to grow more in love with God and build a relationship with him. So what would you define, like, what would you have said as an early believer, like maybe nine or 10, once you were a little bit older, what would you have said if someone asked you, what is God's goodness or how do you know God is good? I heard lots of Bible verses um, just growing up even about God's goodness. And one that came to mind was Psalms 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And I mean, you grow up in a church and I was super blessed to grow up in a family that loved the Lord, an extended family that loved the Lord and a good church that was always preaching God's goodness. And I think from a very early age, I just knew he was good. I had no doubts on the subject. There's such a God that come down to earth and be able to die on the cross for someone. He must be good. And he takes care of his people um, and he loves honest people. Like that was just preached to us all the time. I don't think I ever thought of anything different than God is good. And at an early age, life is good. I mean, you have your friends and you have school that you're doing and sports and it just it just felt right. You know, it just felt like, yeah, God really is good. And it's preached to you and it's evident in your life. And then you start growing up and you have to start realizing that for yourself too. Yeah. So what was one of the first difficult seasons of waiting that you would kind of pinpoint in your life as like, that's kind of a major event in your faith journey? Yeah. I think the biggest one was I actually had a um, knee injury. I don't even remember. I was trying to remember when I had those knee problems yeah. And I feel like it was like 2014 or something like that. I had a big knee kind of injury and it was about a year before we even figured out kind of what was going on, whether I could have surgeries and I could not walk on that knee. Doctors even said I should have been in a wheelchair and I just refused to be in one. That was a really big turning point for me in trying to figure out God's goodness because it stopped a lot of life. I was pursuing a career in horses and that stopped it. Obviously, if you don't have knees that work, you can't ride. I couldn't teach. Um, and I was really pursuing some careers in it at that point. I had to put that at a standstill. I was, I was at a young age where, you know, people are moving on with their lives and making friends and doing sports and whatever else. And I had to kind of sit down on the sidelines and I just felt defeated and trying to figure out what is God putting me through? Why is he making me go through this? And um, even down to doctors not knowing what's going on with my knees and saying, yeah, nothing looks wrong. And I'm like, but I can't walk on my knees. Like even having instances like that where I'm just like, why is God putting me through this? Is he actually good? And at this, this super young age, it seemed like kind of the first hurdle I was going through, you know, I had a pretty easy life. I really did. I loved my family, loved my friends. My church was great. Life just seemed pretty dang easy. And that was kind of my first bump in the road, maybe, that made me really think, wow, I actually have to think through the things that I've been taught for all these years about God is good and he's taking care of me. And now I'm really having to learn that for myself as I'm sitting here watching my friends move on with life, as I'm sitting here in pain trying to figure out what's going on on my knees. I just want to be riding. I just want to be teaching. I want to be pursuing a career and just kind of being put on the sideline. I think that was one of my biggest, biggest hurdles of kind of being put back to actually say, wow, I actually have to realize what I'm saying when I'm saying God is good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking you would say, because I remember Mm -hmm. that season and I was thinking that was kind of like the first turning point that I remember for you of 
life was kind of good for everyone. I mean, all of us were in such a happy childhood, like you said. Really? Yeah. That was such a gift. But we did start to kind of hit some older kid hurdles like that. But that seemed like a big deal. And it really was. Just remembering how extended it was of waiting for the doctors to figure out what was going on and then having the one surgery and waiting for your leg to heal yep. so you could have the other surgery. And it was multiple years yeah. of just and therapy kind of, and it was just it felt so drawn yeah. out and long and I mean, I even remember like the actual day and even the time once we figured out what was wrong with my knees, we didn't have insurance to pay for it, Mm. you know, and even trying to figure out insurance for that. And I remember the day that the doctor called and said, your insurance is through. We can schedule a surgery. And I just burst into tears. That's all I wanted was surgery on my knees. Just get me fixed. Having to go through that type of stuff, realizing, hey, even the hard stuff that we're going through. And the good stuff we're going through, like that was good news. And I just feel like I was getting bad news after bad news after bad news for months, it seemed like, yeah. you know, and then to have that good news and to burst into tears and be like, oh, relief, like something good. You know, it it was a weird time, especially. And I, I really can't remember how old I was. Yeah, I feel like it was mid-teens. Yeah, I, don't... I would have said 14, 15. Yeah. I felt old, <laughs> you know, but. Yeah. It was definitely a young time for me in a push to maturity because yeah. I really hadn't gone through really anything else tough. Like maybe a weekly thing that'd be like, wow, this week sucks. Yeah. But not a. It was so long. Though. It was a yeah. long time to really battle a lot of feelings. So during that, would you say you questioned God's goodness at all? Or was it more of just like not questioning, just digging down deeper? Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever technically questioned his goodness. But I definitely was trying to be faithful and prayerful during that time and not knowing his plan. Knowing he's good is one thing and knowing his plan is another another thing. I never felt like I didn't think he was good, but I definitely didn't know if his plan for me was good. Mm, yeah. um, and I think that was a weird, weird place for me to be because I don't think I ever honestly questioned his goodness because I knew, yes... I know I know these truths that he has plans for me that are good, that he's going to take care of me and that everything he's putting me through is appropriate and is going to grow me and stretch me and sanctify me. Um, but is his plan actually good for me? Is this really the route he needs to take? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of it was just feeling frustrated and defeated um, in my own heart, too, in the struggle of trying to realize that he is good. and His plan is perfect for me. So. When you were waiting and praying, what did your prayers turn to be? Were they a lot of begging God to change the situation? Was it a lot of questioning, like, why did you do this? Why would you allow this? Was mm-hmm. it just, I, walk me through your early prayers, because we'll come back to that later. And I'm curious yeah. what your... It's hard to remember. Sure. Because, like, looking back <laughs> now, I'm so grateful you put me through that, because it really did stretch me. And I'm really grateful for my mom, specifically. She just... She sat down with me on multiple occasions and encouraged me because I just felt defeated and lost and not understanding why I was being put through, you know, just this waiting stage. It wasn't like I was going through anything super tough, but I was sitting and waiting and I am not a waiter. I'm a planner. <laughs> I have things I need to do. I I don't sit down very easily, even on days off and working. Like So to be able to be put on a bed and say, you got to stand still because you can't walk around, you can't work can't do anything like that. It was challenging and trying to look back and think of 
from the feelings in the way I handled things. I think I'm like, grateful for friends and family and my mom just even telling me to dig into the word yeah. and search out and question the word and say, where can I find things to be encouraging or find places that say that the Lord is good and his plan is perfect and that he'll take care of me. I think it really made me dig into the word. And I think I was probably more prayerful then than I am even now, even just crying out to him. And I think I did question him a lot on why are you putting me through this? How can I get out of it? What do I need to do? Anything like that. I think there's a lot of questioning going on in my heart. And there was also just a lot of the encouragement from friends and family to even just be thankful for the time I was in. I remember my mom even saying like, try to find things to be thankful for Mm -hmm. right now. So instead of praying all the time, hey, can we change this? Please change this. Please do this. Please do that. Be thankful for the things that God has given you. And I remember that time too, to even be like, when I'm having these negative feelings, even towards my situation or asking God why or asking God to change it, which is not a bad thing, to be thankful for the things he has given me, like a good family or even a nice house to stay in while I'm not feeling good. Yeah. Uh, doctors that are trying to figure things out, friends that will come sit with me and watch a movie instead of go play a game. You know, I think those are the things that were encouraging to me. But honestly, I can't say I remember super well. Yeah. Yeah. Really how I handled the situation. I do look back and say that I, I would say I strive to know the Lord better and have a better relationship with him so that I knew what he was doing in my life. So much of life seems to be recurrent battles, kind of like our pastor said last night. The Christian life is a battle and expecting it to not be will leave you disillusioned. And I think in a way, because all of our growing up little lives were so good, mm-hmm. we were a little bit disillusioned. Yeah. <laughs> even though we were preached truth. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like we weren't preached. You'll have a good life if you follow Christ. It was preached like trials are meant to grow you. And right. Expect trials as a Christian, but as a kid, it's just, you almost compare God's goodness to the good things around you and then make it the same thing. The things we go through is fighting over a boy. That's the biggest (laughs) things that go over in our lives, right? As kids. (laughs) Yeah. So how did that first season of waiting end? And then when would you say the next one kind of began? I feel like that season ended once I got that phone call that insurance went through and I was getting those surgeries. I think then it just felt like I can see the end of the tunnel. Okay. I know that these surgeries are going to happen. I know I'm going to feel better. I had surgeries on both knees. I knew that I'd be getting therapy, that I was at least making steps towards my goals instead of just being in this kind of limbo, like where and what am I doing? Like not even the doctors know what's going on. Yeah. Um, So I feel like that ended right there. And I just felt like this relief, like, oh, okay, God is doing something in my life. And he's, (laughs) he's obviously growing me in a certain way through that time of waiting and resting and learning to long for him first and foremost and not for the goals in my life. And then, I don't know. I I think I go up and down with how things are going. I kind of ride the waves. I, I can be pretty relaxed in most situations, but sometimes I can be really dramatic, so I never know. Uh, I feel like I'm in a season of waiting right now Yeah. Um, with just house situation and moving up here. Aaron is pursuing a specific job and we're having to wait for that. So, <laughs> so you mentioned the season of waiting you're in right now. What would you say is different now, if anything, from that first season of waiting? How would you say you're handling it differently? Is there any yeah. difference? I think there's a lot more innocence involved the first time mm-hmm. um, and learning and a lot more guidance from other people as well. 
and now I feel like I'm I'm on my own. I'm married. Like I'm going to have to handle these things more on my own versus just being a child and having your mom come sit with you when you're crying on the bed. And now you just cry yourself to sleep, you know, whatever. So I think there's definitely a lot more maturity involved with this season. But I also think there's a lot more. I tend to get very bitter and frustrated with myself because I know how I should be reacting and behaving in situations. And I think that's one of my biggest hurdles in the season of waiting is dealing with my own my own selfishness and my own sin in my own heart and knowing truths and digging into the word and reading things and being like, I know that's true, but I'm allowing it to happen in my heart for bitterness to grow uh, and for anger, whatever you want to call it. I think there's a lot more to even struggle through without that kind of that young innocence of a kid um, that hadn't gone through much and now being like, oh, here it goes again. Lord's going to teach me something. I got to be willing and to, to grow and be sanctified through this and to kind of have that grumbliness of, I don't want to do it. It's tough. It's hard. I know it's going to be probably a long haul. I know I'm going to grow. I know I'm going to stretch. But also having that knowledge of, all right, buckle up, dig deep. You need to grow your relationship with the Lord. You need to dig into the Word. You need to pray. Do not push Him away. So even to have that knowledge of really digging deep and striving for Him, I think is much different this time than some of maybe the harder situations I've been in earlier in my life. Seeing our frailty and lack of control in waiting, I feel like is one of the most frustrating parts in waiting later on in life. It's just so exhausting to see yourself fighting and struggling and being so weak. The image, um, walking humbly with our God, I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know what verse that's from right now, but just that image has been on my mind a lot lately. You can walk rebelliously for a little while. Or you can walk grumbling for a little while, like the Israelites did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the image of walking humbly with our God, of just continuing to move forward, not letting bitterness take over, but realizing like this isn't the path I would choose. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard. Uh, We've talked a lot about bitterness. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The bitterness that creeps in when you see even other people getting what you're waiting for. And I think kind of like what you said in the innocence part. There's a lot that you don't realize the first couple of times you go through mm-hmm. waiting that you then remember later on. Oh, yeah, this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing someone else get what I'm waiting for. Right. With seemingly little right. resistance. Just, oh, whoops. There you it just is. Get it. Yep. <laughs> when you're like working super hard and trying super mm-hmm. hard to get it. And trying to even be faithful in the time. Yeah. yeah. Like you're just trying, you're digging deep and you're being faithful as much as you possibly can be and to see other people just easily willy-nilly go along with life and you're just like that must be nice (laughs) (laughs) so what truth helps you in those moments of you feel the bitterness creeping in how do you stay in the fight i know you gave me some tips the other day but i want you to share it again (laughs) i don't even remember what i told you (laughs) good fresh answer (laughs) oh gosh um i even just had some verses i wanted to read because i think some of the best things i can do is just go back to truth Go back to the word and remind myself what is true because the devil can so easily get into my own mind and tell me things that are untrue about the Lord and untrue about myself. Isaiah 43, one through three, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So to even see God's goodness that he is just reminding you over and over and over that he's not going to leave. He's going to walk that with you. 
It's not like he's just giving you these times of growth to just do it by yourself. He's going to walk with you and he'll plant people in your life to walk with you too. It's so good to remember. Um, Philippians 4, 6, do not worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So even what I was saying, just prayer, thankfulness, anything like that to help encourage your heart and to bring you closer to the Lord. We have a relationship, which is so cool to have that relationship with the Lord. No other, no other religion has that. They don't get this vertical relationship with the Lord. And to know that he's there with you, walking with you, and wants to grow that relationship with you is so cool. And it's encouraging to know, hey, I'm doing this with you, and this is going to grow you. Is just so encouraging. Um, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I think so much when we're going through hard times or dark times, um, I tend to just get discouraged. And lots of these verses use words like afraid or disheartened or anything like that. And I think that does happen when you do get discouraged. You do get afraid of having to go through these type of things over and over again. Life's not perfect. And we're going to have to go through these things. And it's not just going to be here. It's one time that you're going to grow. It's going to be over and over again that he's going to sanctify you through these things that you're going to be going through. And just knowing that he's going to walk with you is so amazing. And that he just says over and over in the Bible, do not fear for I am with you. It's just amazing. Yeah. Just even remembering you have a great high priest who sympathizes with your weaknesses. It's not that he's just distant and removed. He walked on this earth. He walked through the trials of losing people and of waiting for different things. Even though he was God, he still had the humanness of the things we go through. So he understands. And yet he is the better Adam. He is the one that is able to still remain free from sinning, even though he's tempted towards those things. So I know the other day when you called me, I was in the middle of a dark and bitter day. (laughs) You encouraged my heart so much, but then you ended the phone call by telling me to keep fighting. And that's what I was yeah, it just kept playing over in my head, just you saying like, "Keep fighting." <laughs> it is a battle because you have to battle those negative feelings. I love all those analogies that people use of just like actually fighting the devil because he does he does want to rip you away. He does want to split that relationship that you have with the Lord. He wants to make you think those terrible things about to make God. you think God has forgotten you yeah. and God's not good. And you can almost hear those whispers sometimes. Oh, absolutely, and you listen to it yeah. and. And how are you going to fight that? Are you going to listen to it and respond correctly? Are you even going to allow him to say those things to you? Those are the battles that we have to fight, at least for me, on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, it (laughs) felt like you picked me up out of the mud, kind of adjusted my armor, gave me my sword (laughs) and my shield. You know where to go, Emily. That's the direction. (laughs) Keep going. You can't just lay here in the mud. Right. And it showed me that I have, you're right, I do have my armor. I do have the word of God. I do have all the things he's given me. Yeah. I need to be in them. Just holding them doesn't really do anything. Just laying there in the mud with them doesn't really do anything. Exactly. Holding them and using them properly um, is what they're meant to, how they're meant to use. Right. And I know you understand the feeling of lying in the mud, just kind of feeling defeated. And so that's where I think that encouragement comes from. You know what it feels like to just be there like, uh, yeah, I don't want to. It's so muddy, I can't get up. And you're like, no, it's not. Come on, just get up. (laughs) like you have these tools use them why are you not using them well i don't know how to yes you do (laughs) and there's the honest truth (laughs) yeah 
But I love your fire and your passion and the stuff in both of us that made our friendship so rocky in the beginning, I think, is now what's being used to <laughs> move us towards heaven together. Yeah. I've seen God work through so many seasons of your life. So many unknowns, seeing his strength in your weakness and his ability to use your passion has been a joy to witness. Mm. I'm very thankful for you. So I guess if you were to boil it down to one verse, I, I don't know if you have, if you already shared your verses. I might have already shared my verse, okay. but I could always read it again because I love it. I don't <laughs> yes. remember if I shared it already or not. What is one verse that you would share with someone in the middle of a really long season of waiting? Yeah. So I did already share it, but I do love it. And it is just so encouraging. We need to hear it again. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> Everybody needs to hear everything again. <laughs> uh, it's Philippians 4, 6. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. It's such a picture of bringing your requests to him, yeah. even though he knows. It's not wrong to bring your requests. I mean, you think all the time like, oh, I just need to be grateful for whatever's happening in my life, whether it's bad or good. But God does want to hear you cry out to him like a father and a child. He wants you to cry out to him and ask him for things. And there is a right way to go on with that, with that asking and knowing that God's good. You don't want to just go in there just saying, give me this, give me that. Like knowing that the decisions he's making in your life are perfect for you, knowing that you can ask him for those things, but also knowing that in the end, he's going to make the best decision for you. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really good. There's a line in The Magician's Nephew, and I think it's Diggory. Is it Diggory? I don't yeah. remember. Okay. Uh, who says like, I have a feeling he knows, but he likes to be asked anyway. Yeah. And I love that picture too of just like, yeah, he knows, but he he delights in hearing our requests and being that father that's waiting for us to bring our request to him. Sometimes to simply take the burden of the ache of longing mm -hmm. for that and just hold it yeah. and just keep that. And to feel like, okay, we've brought it before him and now we can wait. And I think that's where I'm at right now. I have all these desires and plans <laughs> and wants for my family and it feels like none of them are happening the way yeah. I want. And yet to realize I can't mess up God's plan for my family. It's... Right. I can bring it to him and say, like, this is my desire. I want to see this happen. But then I just have to kind of let it be there. And like you said, it's a daily. Yeah, it's <laughs> daily a daily bringing battle. It, sometimes multiple, <laughs> millions of times per day. Yeah. So what do you have any songs or one song? I that have one you would, song yeah. that I love. And I literally, I listen to it so much. It's ridiculous. Because I just feel like I deal with this. You're the person that gets sick of songs. I know. But this song, <laughs> it just encourages my heart every time. Because it is just speaking truth. And it's um, I Will by... Uh, citizens way and okay. i think i've sent it to you a couple yeah. times and most of the time it's because i'm having a bad day i'm like oh i'm just gonna send this to emily <laughs> um but it just always encourages my heart because it just speaks truth of who god is um and how he be behaves towards us as well and again it's that relationship thing he just he wants to build that relationship and he wants us to strive and long for him and get to know him better because the more we know him the more we can trust him because he is trustworthy yeah and the waiting draws that relationship out. Like Absolutely. You said. Yeah. Because you have to literally claw tooth and nail for it. Well, thank you for being willing to sit down and talk with me today. I know this is something that you are in the middle of experiencing. And sometimes it's hard to talk about things you're yeah. currently struggling with. Um, but I've been so blessed by your testimony of God's faithfulness and goodness. And talking to you again tonight has been a true delight. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Always Good podcast. My producer is my best friend, Xavier. The intro song is Good, written by Zave in 2012 and recorded by him as well.